Jose, I say, Jose, it's time to wake up. Oh, buenos dias, senorita. My siestas are getting shorter and shorter. Hey, Michael, mi amigo, pay attention, it's Joe time. So it is. Pierre, you rascal, you. Let's put on the show. Mon ami, I am always ready, as you say, to put on the show. <whistles> oh, pardon, madame. That whistle was for my good friend, Fritz. Ach, to lieber, I almost fell out of my upper perch. We better start the show rolling. Wait, wait. We forgot to wake up the glee club. <whistles> Welcome to another edition of Dave's Disney View Podcast. To paraphrase what Sam the American Eagle would say, it's a salute to all things Walt Disney, but mostly Walt Disney World. A former cast member, a longtime lover of the parks, and an engineer who enjoys the magic and wonder of it all, Dave brings you his unique perspective about the Walt Disney World Resort. Now please remain quietly seated throughout our tour, and we ask that there be no eating, drinking, smoking, or flash photography. Our podcasters are frightfully sensitive to bright lights. So put on your virtual mouse ears, sit back, and relax, and enjoy the podcast. Please stand clear of the podcaster. Por favor, manténganse alejado del David. Hey everyone, it is Dave. How is everybody doing? Well, Dave with a little bit of a cold, but we'll get through it and that's just fine. So welcome to another edition of Dave's Disney View. On this episode, what I'd like to do is take you through something a little bit uh, more personal, a little bit uh, of my experience, and talk to you a little bit about something that, uh, that I get asked about a lot. And that is, what makes Disney so special? And it's an interesting thing. You know, one of the things that I like is really to walk around and kind of get swept up in the magic of it all. There's a certain wonder and excitement that goes into everything. As you look around the parks and you walk around and you just visit things, there's an attention to detail that's not not seen anywhere else really. Everything, for the most part, is planned out and plotted out and thought out so that it has a little significance beyond just what you see. So when you're walking down Main Street and you see the, the uh, horse hitches, you know, it's, it looks, it's shapes like a horse head and it's got a little, um, got a little handle on the bottom of it. Uh, it's where you could hit, hit, hitch your horse up to if you were riding your horse into town. Now, who would think to put something like that on Main Street, except for the Imagineers at Walt Disney? You know, those are the types of details that really make everything about it compelling. So as I walk through the parks, it's more about the details and some of the things you see and the experiences and sort of this immersion into something that's much more uh, than just a, just a simple ride than anything else. And see, here's the thing. I am actually, I've got a little um, little problem with my, I guess it's with my inner ear, where I have trouble riding roller coasters. I just can't do roller coasters. They make me really uncomfortable. And motion simulators are, for the most part, even worse. There's something about the, the nature of a motion simulator. You're in this enclosed environment with this phony screen, and everything's kind of moving in time with it. And to me, it's just slightly out of sync, um, even on the best ones. And it makes me very uncomfortable, and I get a little little um, confused and woozy as I'm sitting there, just because it's I, I can't get the sense of reality. It's different on a roller coaster that's outdoors when I can actually see. At least I have that sense of reality, and I can see the horizon, and I, I feel better about it. But it still makes me uncomfortable. So I don't ride roller coasters. 
I've tried out most of the roller coasters in the Magic Kingdom. The only one I've never tried is Space Mountain, but I've been on all the rest. As I say, they make me uncomfortable, but I at least had to try them. I just never got around to Space Mountain just because it's dark, and that kind of throws me just a little bit more. I've tried just about all of the other attractions around the park except for Mission Space. Um, I think, you know, and a couple of the roller coasters like um, Aerosmith's Rock and Roller Coaster and the Tower of Terror I've never done as well. But for the most part, I've at least tried everything. And, you know, it's it, some of them work better for me than others, and some of them I won't go on again. But that's okay. You know, you I can stand in line with my friends or my family, and I can wait in the entire queue and get through it because the queues themselves always have something interesting to them. They're always so well-themed out that it's worth standing in the line and not actually going on the attraction and spending the time with my friends and just having some fun shooting the breeze as we're going through the line. But it's there's something kind of magical about most of the lines. Now, there are some exceptions. I won't, I won't tell you that everyone is perfect. I mean, you know, the Buzz Lightyear ride, come on, there's... In that queue is kind of lame, but they did a nice job of kind of uh, making it quick, at least in that sense, where it's not quite as boring as it otherwise might be. But it, you know, there's a certain charm to all of the lines and all of the queues and what you do while you're waiting in line. So you get to the end, and you know, I take the chicken route and I go back and I wait for them at the exit, and that's okay with me. And I got to tell you, one of the coolest things, one of the most fun things that I've ever done at Disney is to wait for my friends at the chicken exit. Uh, I go through the chicken exit and wait for them at the end. And I watch people get off rides. And there's a certain fun thrill in watching people get off rides. I will never forget, ever, um, sitting at the end of Space Mountain waiting for my, uh, I think it was my brother, on the on Space Mountain one time. And I'm just sitting there and uh, my grandfather was with me, with me because he didn't ride uh, roller coasters either. And we're just watching people get off the ride. And, you know, there was there was one lady who got off. Oh, my God, I thought I was going to die. And she throws herself on the ground. Thank you, God. You know, it's just funny, her reaction to it, um, that it was, you know, it's a roller coaster. And, you know, it's only going to last for three or four minutes and it's over. And, you know, even I don't do that. But it was just funny to watch her reaction as she got off. And there were other people who got off and some of their reactions were funny and some of them were almost poignant. But it's interesting to watch people's reactions. And there's a certain, you know, human element to that, to watching people and enjoying, you know, their interactions with the ride and kind of taking it from them. While I couldn't ride it, I could sit there and kind of live through them for a couple of moments and see what they thought of it. And I thought that was kind of neat. And I'd always catch up with my friends or my family afterward and we'd walk off and, you know, then we'd go through the, uh, through the exit part of the queue. And even on Space Mountain, that exit part was pretty neat. It was very clever and well thought out. Now I contrast that with some of the other uh, theme parks that are in the area. Universal comes to mind where you go to the ride and it's really just a ride. There's no theming. There's no real oomph to it. There's nothing that really draws you in as being something really neat. And you can wait in the queue with your friend, but the queue is just a queue. There's, you know, you're looking at the ride, but you're not really doing anything or seeing anything or experiencing anything. And uh, you get to the end and the chicken exit doesn't really exist in the same way. They just kind of say, okay, we'll climb down that way and you'll get out. And you go out and you're just standing outside waiting for them to come out. So what was the point of waiting in the line? And there's no theming that goes along with it for the most part. And I, I kind of miss that. And I, and I, as a person who doesn't ride roller coasters, that's important to me. That's as important as the roller coaster itself, in my opinion, because I'm a person who doesn't actually ride on the roller coaster. So I kind of thought about that as I walked through Universal and I saw different things. I was like, wow, this is not what I'm looking for necessarily because it's just not as exciting or compelling for me because there's not as much for me to do. Sure, there's some things I can do, but some of them are kind of lame. You know, there's a couple of attractions there that you kind of walk through and you go, eh, this wasn't really all that exciting. 
I've had that happen at Disney too. Don't get me wrong. There have been exceptions and I've, I've had that happen, but they're the exception rather than the rule. So, you know, you go through and you just have so much fun riding on the attractions and, you know, enjoying the immersive, immersive experience and being a part of everything that's going on. And there's a certain, like I say, there's a charm to that. There's a certain oomph to it that you just feel. So I hear about the Harry Potter exhibit opening up over at, uh, at, uh, Universal Studios. And I went to Islands of Adventure a couple of years ago and had an okay time, didn't really have a great time. It was some things I liked, some things I didn't, but for the most part, I'm kind of like, eh, I don't really care. I didn't like, I didn't like the people that were the, the representatives that, that would uh, represent the, the cast members, you know, the equivalent of the cast members, the people that worked there. Um, they just seemed like disheveled and not really with it and didn't really want to answer questions and were just doing the job because they were doing the job. They were, you know, they were high school kids and whatever, and they were doing it. Some of the rides were pretty clever. The Dr. Seuss ride was really pretty cool. A couple of the other ones were pretty neat. But, uh, you know, for the most part, it was kind of like, all right, well, you know, what do I do now? Because I'm not going on the roller coasters. And so I, you know, I look at it and I go, all right, that was, that was fine. It was an experience, you know, the, um, to get in and do it was, was okay. Uh, then, you know, they opened the Harry Potter attraction and I love the Harry Potter books. I think they're very clever. I think, um, uh, they're, they're just well-written and well thought out. And I, you know, I give all the credit in the world to, uh, JK Rowling with her, uh, with her thought process on what she came up with. And they came up with an idea for Harry Potter and that's great. And I look at the Harry Potter attraction and I go, the whole themed area, it's, first of all, it's not that big. You know, there's a couple of, couple of things to do there. And the crowds are still pretty big. And people tell me, hey, you know, it's really neat to go into the wand shop and see the wands. The queue for the, um, for the, for the roller coaster, the, the magical worlds of Harry Potter, wizarding world of Harry Potter, whatever it's called exactly, you know, that's supposed to be really neat. And it turns ice cold in there and it's really cool. And the ride itself is very cool. I'm not sure I can or will ride the ride. I, I'm not sure. I, I might try it if I go, I'm not convinced I will. But if I do, I, I would hope it'd be really cool. But if I don't, then what would I, what else would I do? I'd be there to just do the wand to ride to stand in the queue for a while and then to look around the area and kind of feel like I'm immersed in a small part of the Harry Potter storyline. And that's fine, but it just feels like it needs to be more. It just feels like there should be something more because the other area, the other themed areas aren't themed as well. And you walk along and you kind of go, yeah, okay. So I'm at, you know, I'm on the, uh, the, the, studio lot here where the Spider-Man is and the different, uh, the different, uh, action heroes. And there's the Hulk ride and there's this and there's that, but they're not connected and there's no tie-ins and it just doesn't feel right. And there's somebody standing in the street hawking the front of the line pass for 10 bucks or whatever it is. And you just don't feel like you're there and taken away from the everyday. You feel like you're a part of the everyday. It feels more like you're in an amusement park, um, where you're, you know, one of these traveling amusement parks that you can go to where you ride these different rides. It just has more of a carnival atmosphere. And, you know, that's okay. I don't, I don't begrudge them that. But because I'm not the kind of person who likes those kinds of things, this, it, it's lost on me. I would much rather go to Disney World and enjoy what Disney offers me in terms of that immersive experience. Yeah, you know, if you stay at, the, if you stay at a resort there at, at the Walt Disney property, it becomes something much greater because you can really enjoy and take in everything that the theme park does. You can take the bus and have the magic kind of starting off when you're just taking the ride over. Or if you happen to be staying on the monorail loop, you take the monorail over. And that's really something special. Or you go over and you eat or drink in, the, uh, in one of the uh, restaurants uh, before the park opens and you enjoy that. 
and you become part of the it has it's all part of that experience when you're getting started and you can build on that throughout the day and maybe you leave and you go back to your hotel and you enjoy that now there's something really clever and creative about all of that that I think just really speaks to me when I look at all of those things I think it's it's very important to enjoy all of that and understand that Disney has taken so much time and care to put it all together you know it's not just about plunking a ride in and uh, no, here you go here's your ride and enjoy it you know it just doesn't feel like that to me it feels like so much more now they've evolved over the years there's been other you know areas like I used to love the magic shop on Main Street it was one of my favorite places I used to go in there every single time I would go and for those of you who don't remember there was an actual magic store right there in the in the Magic Kingdom right on Main Street it's where the Disney clothier is now it's on the same side of the street as the Emporium uh, it's the second store up from where the Emporium ends now and it was really pretty neat. They'd, they'd sit in there and they'd do magic tricks for you and they'd have some fun and they'd play around a little bit and the, uh, the cast members there were, were enjoying it. And you could buy some masks and different tricks and different things and, you know, illusions. And you could kind of take on the cast members and try to outdo them if you wanted to. They really were, would interact with you. It was really pretty cool. And you'd go out the back door, um, not out into Main Street, and you'd be in the arcade. And they had a real pinball arcade, video arcade in the back, and you could walk through there. And that was always kind of fun to go into and just spend a little time there. And, you know, so it was much more than just uh, a little shopping experience. It was it was an interactive experience. And there was something, when they took that away, it was kind of lost. And I felt a little sad about them taking it away. But yet, you know, that times do change, and I can live with that. I can understand it, and I can appreciate it, and I can live with it. But it's interesting how... You know, even though they took that away, there's still a lot to enjoy. I mean, you look at the subtle details, spend some time, walk down the street and just enjoy it and just kind of take it in. And then you know, stop and talk to a cast member, anyone. It can be the janitor, the guy cleaning the, the streets. It could be somebody holding a balloon. It could be uh, just a, you know, a, a lead cast member. Just stop and talk to them. And that's the thing that really makes it really kind of interesting. They will stop whatever they're doing and talk to you. And if you want to trade pins, they'll trade pins. If you want to swap stories, they'll swap stories. If you just want to tell them something, they'll, you'll tell them something. If you just want to ask a question, fine too. They will stop whatever they're doing and ask you. Like I said in a previous podcast, the one thing about being a cast member is they always tell you, drop whatever you're doing to help a, help a guest when they're in the store, uh, when they're in the, in the park. Anywhere, just stop what you're doing and help them. Unless it's a safety issue or you, know, you have money in your hands or something, stop what you're doing. And you know you can't find that just about anywhere and that really makes the difference now I don't know if I, rem I don't remember if I mentioned this before but back when I was a cast member um, I was working in that um, uh, in the tunnel underneath the uh, Emporium and we were uh, building up some shelving and we were getting everything ready and one of the things I did I was kind of sitting there one afternoon you know I was working in there by myself it was well, it was probably late at night now that I think about it and I was sitting in there and you know there wasn't a lot of traffic coming through and I just remember sitting there and taking out like a piece of paper and writing a note on it and the note said something like um, you know to any anyone who ever finds this uh, remember you are the magic and I taped that on a on a on a uh, top of one of the shelves and I figured it probably wouldn't be found for several years don't know if it was ever found but it was one of those things that just kind of you know if I'd have found it I'd have been like wow that's pretty cool someone you know someone was really thinking here and so I just stuck it on the shelf and, you know, hopefully somebody found it and it kind of brought a smile to their face because that's really what it's all about. You know, it's, it's, everything's themed, but talk to a cast member, learn something from them, just ask them a question, just ask them the most off the wall, outrageous question, see what kind of an answer you get.
You know, you get people who, uh, who answer the questions in the most ridiculous ways, people telling, you know, telling a story to go along with it. Sometimes it's, uh, you know, how long's the next, uh, how long's the next monorail? 221 feet, you know. Um, or, you know, I'd always give a, just a, a totally ridiculous answer. How do I get to uh, downtown Disney? Well, first of all, did you drive? Uh, then you need to get in your car and you need to buckle your seatbelt, of course. And then you're going to drive out and blah, blah, blah. And I tell them the whole story. And they just, by, by the end of it, they'd be laughing because I'd be having some fun telling them a story about how to get there. It's not just about, oh, just take this road. No, no, no. I got to tell you the story. I got to make it fun for you, make it interesting. Otherwise, it's not worthwhile. And that, to me, is what makes it special. That's what makes it really unique. You know, the fact that the cast members will interact with you. You know, try that at one of the other parks. Try that at SeaWorld. Try that at Universal. You'll see that they don't do the same thing. Some will, I'm sure. But for the most part, it's kind of like, they don't want to be bothered because they're just doing a job. And I find that at Disney, it really becomes something so much more. And it's just much more compelling and interesting because they're people who are really enjoying their work. You know, and you, you really have to enjoy your work to be there. Like I said, it's a lifestyle and a commitment. So you really have to, you really have to embrace it and enjoy it. Otherwise, what's the point? You, you could just be doing any job. Um, you know, and it's something you think about sometimes when you're working there. Boy, I could be doing just about any job and making this kind of money. Not exactly, because this job is so much more interesting. So it's really about the package. It's really about, you know, everything that Disney is, is kind of summarized right there as you, you know, as you walk down Main Street and you talk to a cast member. It's, it's the show. It's about putting on a good show. It's about always making sure that people are smiling. How many places can you go where you really feel happy? I know people who go to go to Universal and love it and will go back all the time because they just love the thrill ride and they don't care about the ambiance. They don't care about the cast members or the, or the workers. They just care about going on the thrill rides and it's got more thrill rides per capita. Or they go to Busch Gardens for the same reason because it's got more roller coasters. Or they go to SeaWorld because they like the animal shows. And there's nothing wrong with that. But for me, it's about the broader picture. When they developed all the, all the shows, all these new shows that they've got, especially the ones at the Animal Kingdom, like the Legend of the Lion King, where they do these things and they're more theatrical and they're more Cirque du Soleil-like in some of the things that they do, I thought to myself, wow, this is exactly what Walt would have wanted. Taking a new um, initiative and showing something really different to people, making it more theatrical and really putting on a good show. You know, one of the things they teach you in traditions is it's always about a good show. Always. Everything's about a good show. Never put on a bad show. And that, that's from every cast member all the way up to the actual shows and attractions that they do. Sometimes things don't work out. Like I talked re previously about the um, Toy Story parade. And it's not exactly what they were hoping for. And it's kind of been met by mixed reviews. Well, I'll be curious the next time I go. I want to see it. I want to see if they've tweaked it at all. If it is interesting. I've seen I saw videos of the first week of the, of the uh, parade. And I thought, eh, I've seen better parades but maybe they'll tweak it. I suspect they will, or they'll cancel it, one or the other. It does happen that they make mistakes, but they listen, and they try to uh, react to it and make things better. And that really in itself is one of the other critical things that makes it really uh, a compelling place to be and something to really enjoy is that it's all, it, it evolves in some way. There's certain things that you feel very um, familiar with, you know, like I could go to the Haunted Mansion or the Pirates of the Caribbean or ride on Spaceship Earth. Even though Spaceship Earth has changed several times over the years, it's still the same, right? You know, it's still this, essentially the same attraction. You kind of have that same feeling when you ride in it, even though it's been Walter Cronkite and Judy Dench and Jeremy Irons and whatever. You know, it's it feels kind of the same as you're riding through it. And you go, wow, you know, this just has a certain feel for me that feels right. 
the Pirates of the Caribbean. They made a huge change to it. And at first, I thought, you're changing the classic Pirates of the Caribbean and putting, you know, the, the, uh, the Captain Jack Sparrow in it. Wow, the ride becomes the movie. I don't know if I like that. But it's a nice addition, and I think it actually works. So sometimes the changes, they really work. You know, and uh, you just have to look at that and go, this is, this is pretty cool what they've done here and the way they've thought it through. And this is really what makes Disney special is they're always kind of trying to surprise and delight and change just a little bit. So that's where I wanted to go with this week's podcast, just to talk about what Disney does well and why I think Disney is uh, far superior than the other parks. And it really comes down to, you know, a little bit of the pixie dust, a little touch of magic that they do things so well that other, other places just don't do. So that is my podcast for this time. I am out and I'll see ya. Most of the music you're hearing on this podcast is from a friend of the show named Craig Brown. Craig does a number of things in the techno space. You can find Craig's music on myspace.com slash sound A as an Apple. And my thanks also to Doug over at geekacres.net for his rendition of a Jack Wagner classic. And now we've reached our destination in the 21st century. Yes, I know, it went by so fast. But don't worry, because the future is always in front of us. Thanks for riding with us. Please collect your personal belongings and step onto the moving platform. The platform and your car are moving at equal, yet opposite speeds, so watch your head and step. If you have questions, comments, thoughts, concerns, or would just like to ask Dave a question about Disney planning or anything else, send him an email to davesdisneyview at gmail.com. And now, I gotta be moving along. He's looking for a little more adventure I'm heading for a little beautiful now He's hoping for a little more excitement Time to be moving along It's time to be moving along Time to be moving along